Hang on and buckle up for a talk with DataFam YouTube royalty Tableau Tim on this week's Data Plus Love. We talk and I, or I, the, or it begins organically and then I record an intro before the uh, music. Right, exactly. Yeah, classic. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's always so more natural, right? There's none of this sort of stage, stage that happens before. Like, hello, welcome, blah blah blah. <laughs> because that's hard. Because like I try to tell people, like, hey, look, the first two minutes, if you can survive that, you can find it and survive anything because it's really just a exactly. conversation. But like exactly. for a lot of people, like the mental block, like explaining it to them. Yeah, yeah. I know it's a podcast, but it's a Zoom <laughs> call and you've been on a thousand of those. So Right. Yeah, it's it's difficult to sort of disconnect your brain from the the format uh, I Zoom rather than just pretending the person's in front of you, right? So yeah. Totally. And that's one of the reasons I, I always do video because in, in doing the video, it's easier to not step on each other, right? But it's also yeah, just exactly. easier to uh you know, communicate because so much, so much of how we communicate goes beyond just the words, you know, there's the facial expressions and the, yeah. the, the yeah. hand gestures and stuff like that. Not that the audience yeah. gets that, but it's important for the two people that are talking. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Those subtle sort of cues that happen. Uh, you, you sometimes get it when you're on the phone and you're talking to someone, there's that awkward sort of silence in between because you're waiting to sort of hear a cue, whether you can talk or not. So yeah, this is good. It's good. I'm this excited. might be our best sounding episode ever. Like if it's between <laughs> we've both got the, the same mic, right? So. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. All right. Like, look at that. You've got the silver. I got the black. I, I upgraded recently. Exactly. I used to have a blue Yeti and I was like, I like this, but I think I can do better. And it is I, so much better, isn't it? It's so much better. The, the software is easier to work with. The, yeah. the, the quality of what it captures is better. There's less background noise and it just makes everything. Oh yeah. Easier. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's not a condenser mic. It's a, well, I forget the forget the technology, but basically it doesn't pick up sound um, that doesn't come from a specific direction. So it's much much better. For um, sure. And you find it, it, it. I like it because um, I started out with just a USB connection, and then um, I recently got say an XLR interface for it, which allows it to then go into um, another piece of kit that I've got for videos. Which means it's it's it just grows with your setup. You don't have to sort of change out the mic. Um, and it's really, really good. Although I actually prefer the USB settings. The software is actually quite good. It does a lot of things that you could pick up. But um, yeah. I'll have to follow up with you on that. I thought about doing yeah. XLR, but it's, you know, every every time, like uh, doing what you do and doing what I do, like you're in the video and I'm strictly in the audio yeah. and which means I do half as much work, at least half as much <laughs> work. As, um, but it's, you know, uh, every time you're thinking about a new investment in technology or changing the sort of your workflow, yeah, uh, that means like, okay, how is this going to work now? So even just yeah. changing the way I record my episodes, where I'm not doing, you know, the intro as part of it, I'm like, okay, that means I have to include a little bit more audio. I have to put yeah. that before my bumper music in the beginning. You know, I got to yeah, make sure yeah, things yeah. at similar levels. But <laughs> yeah, it's small things. I, I, yeah, every time you change your workflow, you don't quite realize a knock-on effect. That's that. That's the thing that I've. I've sort of rubbed up against lots. It's just, I, I decide to use a different editing software. Okay. The whole entire workflow changes because 
you re- didn't realize that you were doing something in a very slight way, or there's actually some economies of scale if you do it in a slightly different way. And there's also this thing you want to do it properly, right? So you, you kind of go out of your way to research, okay, now that I'm using this workflow, is there something else I can do, right? Um, and yeah, yeah, it just gives up options, which makes uh, content, I guess, more organic, um, which is the key thing. For me, uh, one of the big things I had to give up was in the beginning, I was very precious about my editing and I would like, right. you know, I was truncating all the silences all the time instead of just <laughs> if it was important. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there was somebody that said, um, a lot. And I went back and cleaned that up for them. Like they didn't oh, ask. I just did that. that. And I probably tough. spent two hours doing that. I'm like, but why? Like only I'm noticing this because I'm listening so carefully. <laughs> Um, right. There's really no point, especially like I don't pull down you numbers. You have 20,000 subscribers. I, I, okay. Um, the metrics for podcasts are much more difficult. Um, it all depends yeah. on what aggregator you use. So I use Buzzsprout exactly. and it's got yeah. some built in mechanics, but even then it's like, I don't know, you might have this many. Uh, I've yeah. got significantly less than you do. Um, so it's <laughs> like, particularly when you're putting in that I'm kind of work. Sure. And I mean, also, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm spending money to do this. And like, right, right. I mean, right. I, I have young children. I'm doing this after they're asleep for the most part, but I like that. It's fine. Yeah. It's a time investment. Yeah, yeah. I could be having fun. Exactly. 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 And that's the thing. Like you have to, there is that trade-off, right? And there, there comes a point where you have to draw the line. Um, I recently had this for a long, for a long time. I've had this stubborn view that I need to export a 4k 60. And it's not because uh, I, I want the best content. It's because 60 frames per second is what most computers and laptops are. So when you see something that's 60 frames per second, there's a perceivable sort of snappiness to it. And it looks sharp and it feels sharp. The 4K thing is just me being stubborn, right? Like I want it the highest quality, whatever screen you're on, whatever. So just a few days ago, I decided to drop my standards a little bit to 4K 30 just to see if anyone notices, right? <laughs> and of course, I'm the only one who notices. But what it does do is it changes the export time by a factor of four, right? Because <laughs> yeah. all the effects, everything, everything that goes into it, it changes it by a factor of four. And because of that, I can now do something I couldn't do before, which is I now have more time to do something else, which is a bit of color grading. And not that it's necessary. Like I generally only need to do it once because it's always the same setup. But just small things like that, that you think, oh yeah, what is the, what is the thing that people notice the most? And the, I think the thing that people notice is the content, which is number one. And number two, sound is probably the second thing, right? And then number three, like the quality of what they see. And if it's higher than 1080p, all good. <laughs> then fourth is like, okay, all those details, like, is it 60 frames per second? Is it 4k? Does it have subtitles? So like just going through that hierarchy is just, sometimes you have to bring yourself back down to earth and just say, oh, come on, I can drop my standards a bit and just, just get the job done. So <laughs> you're, you're making me so thankful because when I, I first thought of doing something like this right after TC 19. Yeah. And one of the first things I yeah. did is I reached out to Emily Kuhn who does, you know, the Tableau yeah. wannabe now yeah. the Tableau world podcast. Yeah. And I, I said, yeah. Hey, look, I think I'm, I think I'd like to do a podcast. It would be different from yours. I have a different format in mind. But I want to talk with yeah. you first and first make sure you don't, you know that I'm not like stepping on your toes. I'm not I'm not like coming <laughs> exactly. at exactly like it's not on. Uh, and she's like, yeah, yeah. I really you, you might want to think about video like you should really do video. I'm like, first of all, not a face for video like but, but uh, <laughs> you're doing it now. We're doing it now. Absolutely. They, you are. The, pe- the people don't see they don't they don't know how grotesque <laughs> I am. I'm like Dr. Doom over here. It's all theater of the mind. 
Um, but like, like on top of that, like as you're describing this now, I'm like, thank God I didn't do this. This is so much more effort than I'm just willing to put in. And I mean, I've established right. that I'm a lazy visitor. So like I'll right. put something out and people are like, oh man, that's great. I'm like, I did less, like less than an hour. And I'm not saying that to brag like, <laughs> like, oh, I'm so good. It took less than an hour. I'm saying less than an hour. That's all I was willing to put in on this. Like, yeah, I'm like, exactly. that's an idea. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm going to cap it. And I think that's that's cool mm -hmm. that you're sort of thinking about some of that, too. Like, what yeah. is the trade off you would like to make in order to, you know, in this case, get back time that you could use more effectively in something else? Exactly. Exactly. Like, I I, I have a couple of things I want to take on um, uh, next year and maybe into 2023 and 24. And they really require um, a sort of a certain amount of sort of persistent time. And if I can if I can, um, if I can free up time in the way that I make content, I tend to make the content in the weekends and in the evenings, cause uh, I have a one-year-old about to have another one arrive soon. And I, so I do all the content in very sort of narrow snippets of time. So if I can do more of that and then free up, let's say a weekend to make some of this more difficult sort of long form content, then I think that, that that's a good thing, but you have to, it's a trade-off and some people, you know, we get comments all the time, like make a video on this, do this, do this. And I, you just sort of have to, you just sort of have to just ignore it. Um, and I don't mean that in a nasty way. It's just, um, it's difficult to watch content, especially the fact that it's just all there. So if you turn up today and you see like 200 videos, it's like, wow, this guy needs to make a video about this, 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 because <laughs> you don't realize that <laughs> I've been doing it for like a while. So that's, that's how it's sort of crescendo to this point. Uh, so um, whilst it's easy, it's it's a difficult thing still. Even if just I have to record a simple video about 21.4 feature, right? It's it's I know the feature I used, I've used Tableau for eight years. It's it's easy for me to do, but actually it's quite hard to make sure you communicate it well because that video stays up forever, right? <laughs> so you have to kind of really get the point. And I actually I I recently had to deal with a correction. I made a video about map players and I made a mistake. I trusted the source of the data over the feature, right? And I got punished for it. So, <laughs> so you kind of have to make sure you, you kind of put the right time, even if it seems like a really small thing, like a two minute video, I still put a bit of time into it. Because for some people, it's maybe their first time they're seeing Tableau. For others, um, they just want the answer really quickly. So they need their timestamps, you know. But you don't know all these things. You don't know the context. So you have to make things in a way that's accessible for as many people as you can. I appreciate the effort. I mean, just I was uh, before we got on today, I was watching right. uh, your intro to Tableau video. You've got this nice 10 right. introduction. Yeah. And, and watching this, I'm like, you've got graphics in there. You've got uh, you've got like little animations and all sorts of yeah. things. And I'm like, this is so much effort. People don't think about it when they watch it. Because oh, yeah. It's just it flows so organically and stuff. But they yeah. don't realize all the coordination it takes, not just for that, but you're talking on technical topics like you're not talking like um ex extemporaneously this isn't joe rogan right. you know it's like you're <laughs> actually having to make sure like okay i i am talking on something that's very specific and very precise right and you're, you're talking about the history of tableau you're talking about the functionality yeah. of these things so i mean how much like scripting goes into this in advance like the amount of research you have to put in so those i call the beast those i call the beasts because that 10 minute video took me seven working days and i'm oh. talking 10 hour days right and you'd never know it just looking at it and um, the other thing is the most common thing on that video is what tool did you make 
did you use to make do these animations? And I'm like, no, people, I drew these myself. <laughs> I got my iPad out and I drew them by my own bare hands. And then I put them into the tool. Then I cut those clips with my own bare hands. Then I narrated them with my own bare hands. And that's how it happened. And I, I, people can't believe that that's what happened. Like, no way. No, you didn't spend seven days doing this. Why would you do that? And I was like, yes, but I did. Um, so that's the tough thing. That's just that's just a tough thing. You just have to live with it. I made a blog post to sort of answer that question. And just I just linked to that question every t- uh, blog post every time. But the thing is, that's the best performing video on my channel. And it speaks to something I really wanted to nail, which was, you know, I think there's a lot of content for people who um, have joined the Tableau community or stumbled across Tableau, want to learn. And they're trying to get from like, 30 miles per hour to like 60 there's tons of content in that middle space the stuff from 60 to 100 well like that like name any ambassador any zen master they cover that really well as soon as something new or a challenge comes out all over the forums and all that stuff is great but i've always thought the zero to 30 that is actually a really tough area and for me that format is i think the only format that works for that that audience I'm not opening the product to tell you what it is. I'm literally just, I'm doing it in a way that you could, you know, send it to a relative. If some relative asks you, hey, what do you do? What is Tableau? You could send them that video and they'll leave that video with some level of understanding, even if they've never opened the product or never planned to or hoped to, right? And that was sort of the aim. And so you kind of have to disconnect the um, uh, the, the software um, and sort of replace the software with sort of a concept and that's sort of what the illustration is trying to do and then the voice is just guiding you through that it's like a story and the audio has to work on its own like I actually wrote the script first I recorded the script and then once the script's recorded I place it onto a timeline I cut the audio then I know okay this video is going to be nine minutes 30 and I also recorded different you know, in the video, when I say, oh, this is in, in under 10 minutes, I also recorded another one that says in under 15 minutes, in under 20 minutes. I literally recorded three because I didn't know how long it would take. Um, then I dropped the one that says 10 minutes and I reverse engineer the sections. Then I animate because I know I'm sort of working to a storyboard, essentially a storyboard format. And then I draw those in Procreate, just, you know, just basically drawing these scenes. Procreate has a time lapse feature where it records each stroke as you do it. And then I export those time lapses. Then I put them into Premiere Pro. If I was to put all those time lapses into a timeline, they'd only take about a minute to play through because they're each stroke is like a frame. So what you have to do is slow them down in the video editing tool, but you have to slow them down and cut them so they sync to the uh, audio. <laughs> and it, it, that's that's you know the audio took thirty minutes to record. The storyboard took me half a day to come up with. The script took me a day to come up with. The editing took the rest of the time. And that's 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 basically it. But um the projects I mentioned earlier on that I want to go and do for you know 22, 23, 24 is to take that format, but really attack the Tableau platform. And not only that, take it into concept. So, you know, if you Google how to make a bar chart in Tableau, you'll come up with 10 videos, right? But 
that assumes you already have some level of data literacy understanding. It assumes you know what Tableau is. It assumes that you've made a bar chart. It assumes that you've remembered, you know, GCSE or whatever, you know, education that you have, uh, maths, at whatever level you took it at. And it assumes that you brought all those concepts. And I've always thought, no, no, no. Like if you're going to show someone how to build a bar chart in Tableau, you need to start at zero. Like you need to start, well, what is a bar chart? Like, what is it? What is it made of? What is on the X and Y? What is X? Why is it called X and Y? You know, <laughs> we just assume all these things. And so I've never made videos like that because there's like this whole body of work that even I don't, I think, fully understand. And so that's what I'm going on this journey slowly um, to sort of try and, you know, fill these gaps for myself. I'm learning a lot when I make these as well. And um, the plan is, is to sort of take that format. I've done it with Tableau Prep. So the Tableau Prep, I repeated the format to see, is this, is this working? And it, it does. It's, you know, hasn't, it's not as big a search topic, so it doesn't come up as often. But of the people who watch it has, if I overlay the analytics for the two videos, they have basically the same um, trajectory, if that makes sense, given the search, the sort of relative search commonality. So the idea is to say, okay, that's a great format. Let's make these um, better for each part of the Tableau platform. And at the same time, Tableau is changing. <laughs> so that, that video is already out of date, which is like... Oh boy, I have to make that again at some point in the next two years. Because um, yeah, in two years, I, I think that video will pretty much only talk about maybe two thirds of the Tableau platform. And it won't, maybe people will look at it and say, oh, but well, what about Tableau CRM? What about the Tableau economy? What about Tableau exchange? You know, what about extensions? What about, you know, there's just so much that's been added. So that's, that's the challenge. And, you know, I... Again, like you, yeah, I'm not getting paid to do these. Uh, I'm a consultant full time. I'm a dad full time. You know, just I, I just have to squeeze these things into the time that I have. Um, for that video, I took a week off work to do it. So I, ha I actually had to make a decision that I was going to spend a week of my own time to do it, and um, that that's sort of how it came about. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty fun. <laughs> so so let me ask you this. Um, Clearly, yeah. you're, the medium you work in is a more yeah. challenging and demanding medium than the one yeah. I work in, especially as we've established, I speak extemporaneously like Joe Rogan. So I have <laughs> less CYA I have to do after the fact. I don't explicitly call out features and techniques. Yeah. Uh, at, at worst, I refer to a chart as the wrong type or butcher someone's last name. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you. Yeah. When you decided that this is sort of what you wanted to do as sort of your yeah. passion project on the side. Yeah. Um, clearly Tableau is a, a key driver and influence. Do you imagine a world where you would be doing the same thing were it not for Tableau? Is there a version where you're, you know, a B, like power BI Tim, or you do this about video <laughs> games or something else like, or is it just right. that like Tableau specifically really captured your imagination? Right. So it's probably worth explaining how I got into video in the first place. So Tableau, this this thing was a convenience of um, it was it was sort of an unfair advantage. Look, I've really struggled to share stuff in the Tableau community in the past. Blogs just just as a format that doesn't work for me because you know I, I have mild dyslexia, so I actually really struggle to sit down in front of a screen and put words together. But I I can talk, and I think I'm clear when I talk about things. So I was like, okay, I can use that. Um, and it never clicked that I could do something on video, if that makes sense. I, I could do a screen recording, but the thing with screen recording to me is it always felt sort of one way. And I did this layout containers video a long time ago. Uh, and that, that, that 
before really well. I just left that at that. Um, then I started to record tech videos on YouTube. Now I started doing this. Oh God, I don't know. 2000 and uh, it's things when like the Nike Fuel Band. I used to record these videos about Fitbits and stuff like that. I was super into quantified stuff. So I did, I went through like a whole phase of that stuff. And the very first video on the channel was actually about um, ligatures in type design because I used to work in print design. And so I actually recorded a video just explaining someone how to do a drop cap in Adobe InDesign, which is the software that I used to use. And that got a lot of like, <laughs> the drop cap is like, you know, in a paragraph and the first letter is really big. Yes. Right? That is a drop cap. So basically it's like you're, you're showing someone, this is where the story starts essentially. So you can do those in a couple of ways in Adobe InDesign. And so I made a video because I learned it. And so I thought, oh, let me help other people because I learned it through a platform that was paid. And I thought, well, if you can't find this, this seems like a basic thing, right? So let's just make it for YouTube. Little did I know that YouTube would blow up to be what it was. And I, I look at the video now, it's like 80,000 views. It's like, Christ, should have should have persisted on that front. <laughs> but um, here we are today. And I thought, actually, you know what? I think we can make these for Tableau. And so for Tableau version 10, I did a series of four videos just explaining what's new. And I grouped it into design, server, and like analytics. Those are like the three headers. And those sort of did well and it kind of worked. But the problem there was I had a laptop that just couldn't keep up with the pace of what I was thinking. So I was one of these people that was a bit fussy about the tools they were using. And video is a fairly demanding you kind of don't know it until you hit this hurdle, right? You go, oh, I'll make a video. So you go open the laptop, record the video. Then you put it in editing software and it's like slow and sluggish. And you're like, what's wrong here? It's like, is, have, I, have I made a mistake? Like, no, no, no. This is just how computers work. They struggle with video. And you know, <laughs> unless you've got serious horsepower, it becomes really tricky. And then I use things like Camtasia, but I, 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 I thought tools like Camtasia are a cop-out because you pay a lot of money for a reduced set of features to edit videos, right? Like it's purely focused on educational content. Whereas like normal editing software is like just full on, do anything you want. The hurdle with that is that's expensive. So Adobe Premiere Pro was expensive at that time. They didn't quite have the subscription model going yet. So I sort of parked it. I don't have the laptop. I don't have the, I just, just no time for this. And a few years later, I, I got into building PCs. I just, I love building PCs. I've got a custom built PC. It's just something I love doing. I spend way too much time on it. And um, like, uh, if, if I can very briefly show you this, can you see, uh, can you see that? Again. So I don't know how to, there you go. Can you see that? Yeah. It's a completely exposed like uh, build, but it, it like that's, that took me a week of um, effort and hold on. Now I'm going to leave the camera one sec. I'm probably smacking the mic and doing audio at the same time here. <laughs> so Tim's panning over and showing showing his uh, computer right now. I'm going to narrate this. <laughs> now he's back. I'm back. <laughs> so like I have this fashion product and I, I build it because I like playing this game called Destiny 2. And I like playing games like Apex Legends. And I, I'm just kind of this person. person. Like, this is a hobby. But then it dawned on me, huh, I got a computer again. And this is probably do a bit of video editing. So I tried it and surprise, surprise, it worked. I was like, interesting. So I started making these videos. I just thought, you know what? I need something decent. I need a challenge. So I thought, what could I do that's like a proper challenge? I don't want to make like a one-off video about something. I Because the other thing is you need a project of some sort. So I thought, maybe I can make videos about what's new in Tableau. I just thought, oh, maybe that's a maybe that's a good angle. So I thought, yeah, let's start with that. 
So I recorded a bunch of these, edited them all. And this was before when pre-releases came out before the <laughs> release. And so I could actually record like 20 of these, edit them all in one weekend and then push them out all in one go. And I just thought, yeah, let's just try doing this and just, just see where it goes. And there, yeah, it, 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 people, people took to it really well. And I was like, okay, cool. So then I started learning video editing software. And at that point, it was actually less about making videos about Tableau and it's more about learning video editing. And it actually has been mostly that um, pretty much all the way through to now. I'm actually getting a chance to enjoy a hobby. I love making videos. I just never really sort of wanted to go into video production, if that makes sense. It's not, it's not, I'm, I, I think I'm a hobbyist rather than like a professional at it, if that makes sense. But um, if I can bring that skill to the community and enjoy doing it at the same time, I thought this is a great sort of marriage of convenience, right? I can make some videos about Tableau and keep sort of edging my understanding in the video production world um, as I do that. And so that's kind of got to where, where we are today. It's just, it's just been, if you make a video, you have like a really crappy intro, then you try, let's improve the intro. And then, you know, it just keeps escalating one thing after the next. Every time you figure something out, you go to the next weakest link in your video format and you try and fix that. And to the point where we just are where we are today. So that's sort of that's sort of the journey. That's how we got to where we are. Um, it's sort of 100% by mistake. But now I feel very committed, you see. Now I feel like uh, I am, I feel, I feel committed for two reasons. Number one, I didn't realize how much more I would learn in doing this. I've I've been using Tableau for years, eight years, but I feel I'm learning so much more about Tableau because I'm committed to making videos to help others understand the product. So you can't just open up the product and do a video. You've really got to understand why does it do that? How can it do that? And then there's also, sometimes I make videos on topics and I know I'm going to get that comment where people will be like, oh, using Superstore. Like, oh, come on. You didn't go into the depth. Oh, you need to show this. It's like, I make conscious decisions to cut stuff out. Yes, I know for you know for 30% of the people they need that depth, but for most people, you just want to know how it works. You just want to, you know, go there, quickly see something. And beyond 10 minutes, I've lost you, right? Like my metrics say that five minutes is the absolute sort of sweet spot for videos, but I can never make a video for five minutes. And um, if you look at the content, people are very good at going to the bit of the content they like, you know. I make a video about managing license keys. The most watched part of that, the license keys bit. <laughs> Literally the bit where I click on the menu to say license keys because people don't know where it is. So that's why they get to that exact that, that, that exact point. And once you've seen it, they're off. So it goes from like 100% at the beginning, it drops to 20%, then it rises again right as I click on manage license keys, then it drops back to 20%. Like the bit after that, no one, no one cares. It's just... Oh, I should have just made a video about where, how to find the manage license keys button. <laughs> that's, that's the killer 10 second video. Maybe I'll make a short for it, you know? <laughs> right. I mean, that's your takeaway. Like what you need, right. you need a compilation of yeah, all your exactly. greatest hits. Yeah, exactly. And and so I used to don't have time to do that. I have that, I have that information. So I've shared some of that with Tableau. I've been like, Hey, look, you know, did you know that like on most of these videos, people don't care about any of this. They just care about this. And so that's useful information for other people. But um, I think I I have, I think in the next year or two, I really, you know, I really, I really want to sort of see if I can capitalize on some of that um, and sort of say, okay, let's make content that's really targeted at shorts, right? Like those 60 second videos. 
can I show you how to do something quickly in 60 seconds? That would be amazing, right? Let's take this sketch note format that I've sort of um, figured out and let's make those into maybe 10 really purposefully built sketch notes that are fantastic introductions to Tableau. And then I'd love to take that to the next level, which is that's a video, but let's take these assets creatively, put them into print and turn them into a free resource for absolutely everyone so that these videos are accompanied by other assets that sort of are with you on the journey. Um, and, you know, I'm not an animator, so that's that's a really sort of bold leap to sort of go into. But I sort of want to keep it within the realm of, um, A, what I can manage, but B, something that I think people can, can get involved with in terms of a project. So, like, let's say if I did four sketchnote videos and I said, look, this is how they're made and this is how they work. I don't know everything about Tableau. Who wants to collaborate, right? And so someone can come in, help write scripts about something they're really passionate about. We can get an animator somewhere in the community to come in and make a video, right? I sort of want to sort of democratize that format and build a, a community sort of owned resource, right? Like this classic GitHub style with uh, Git requests <laughs> if possible. <laughs> so we can help each other learn because that's the most powerful thing. Um, a really tough thing about the Tableau community is that a lot of the good content, structured content, is I think priced in an inaccessible way for most of the world, right? So it's mostly targeted at Western economies. You know, I talk about Tableau training, that's two grand. Like I know through my analytics, most of my users, only 30% are US-based. Um, the next biggest uh, geography is India. Right. And then the next biggest geography after that is, I think, uh, Canada and Germany and then the UK. And then everything after that is South America, pretty much. And uh, some of the sort of um, Asian countries as well. So that there's sort of a real disconnect to me in terms of if I want really good quality content, um, some of it is paid, but that paid stuff is inaccessible. So can we make something that is accessible to people with the option for them to sort of choose at what level they take you know part in so maybe the video is free um the the pdf is free right but if you want a physical copy here's a little bit more right like here's something but it's not priced in an inaccessible way for the, the economy you're in so that's sort of the vision i have but that's a really bold sort of um <laughs> target again full-time dad full-time consultant like <laughs> I can't stop those things because those pay the bills. So um hoping the community can kind of step in and sort of get involved with this stuff as well. I think the ambition is is admirable. And I think that you're putting it out there. I think you'll probably have some people that would bite on that kind of thing. I know yeah. for me, um, occasionally I get people that reach out to me on LinkedIn, besides the people that are just offering me like entry level jobs that have crazy names right. that I like to right. televise because those are always funny. Um I, <laughs> I had someone uh from China the other day reach out, say, Hey. I really want to know how to make amazing dashboards. Can you teach me? I'm like, yeah. no, but here's how everyone I know learned to make great dashboards. Like, and exactly. I sort of point yeah. her towards community and stuff because I know most of the people that I know that are amazing sort of came up through sort of the tablet community and whether that means mm -hmm. makeover Mondays or whatever, the fact that you're getting a lot of exposure to a lot of really quality product um, yeah. teaches you a lot, even if you don't necessarily recognize it at the time and the reps that you're putting in, you're, you're getting yeah. better outside of a work environment. So it's, it's a much mm -hmm. safer environment to learn than if you're taking a risk on a business dashboard, uh, doing something you've never done before. So yeah, I try to yeah. steer people towards that, but I, I, I recognize, uh, the ambition of what you're doing and also being very conscious and sensitive about price. And, you know, 
you know, sometimes when stuff has no monetary value, like assigned to it, it's perceived as worthless. Yeah. So like, um, like for example, if, uh, if a, if you were asked to do some some pro bono work for a client or whatever, and you just yeah. knock it out of the park, right? And then you say, okay, so you know, I did this. Now for this next thing, it's going to be X amount of dollars or euros, right? And they're like, oh right. no, like it's it's cool. <laughs> like why would we yeah. pay for this? We get it for free. It's like no, exactly. no, it's um. So yeah, it's I, I definitely recognize the the dilemma there. And even when I have silly things like I have my uh, drag and drop T shirts online, mm-hmm. I basically mm-hmm. have like a a two dollar profit margin per shirt. Like I slice it so far <laughs> because like I would like people to to wear these like just because they're fun. Like I'm not yeah, I'm not doing this exactly. to get rich. Uh, but exactly. like I made stuff on purpose because it because it's silly, you know. And and I yeah. like them to enjoy it. That's where I live. I live I live in the right. whimsical entertainment sector of this. <laughs> you live in the real like you're you're putting in the work i i really appreciate that man yeah it's it's weird because youtube youtube does assign a value to all content and i think in november they changed the format of youtube now so that every creator no longer has a choice whether or not ads are served on their videos or not so um a very conscious thing i realized i think it was not last year but the year before that it was like okay interesting youtube a business model ads uh, if you put no ads on your videos, does it promote your content? I did a two-month trial. The answer is no. Okay. <laughs> it's just blatantly obvious that when I switched on even the smallest form of sort of ad exposure on a video, the algorithm suddenly said, oh, okay, fine. Okay, you want to play business? Let's get involved. So I was like, okay. So serving adless videos doesn't help get um, the content out. Another thing I realized is that YouTube is the second biggest search engine after google right in the world so that's like oh interesting so people go on google they search stuff end up on youtube people go on youtube they search stuff stay on youtube so i was like oh interesting so there's a whole sea of content that doesn't exist in youtube but is already on google but in a completely different format that isn't video so i was like that's a huge opportunity to make stuff and i don't think i'm the only one who's sort of Notice that there's so much helpful stuff now on YouTube. It's been great seeing so many more people sort of take videos a format. But then YouTube does assign a value to it. And it, the value is like, it has this sort of metric like um, per thousand views, right? So the cost per thousand views. And typically on YouTube, the cost per thousand views goes from like something like, I think it's $5 all the way up to, you know, like really, really premium real estate on YouTube is like $25 to $30 per thousand wow. views. And that's essentially what an advertiser assigns as a value, right, um, to that video. And that also includes, I believe, YouTube's hosting costs because uh, it's it's really hard. It's really easy to forget that you're going on YouTube watching these 4K wonderful videos. Someone is paying a hosting bill. There's server farms around the world. <laughs> exactly. So they wouldn't do it if it wasn't sort of a business uh, thing for them. So YouTube assigns a value, but it's it's literally compared to the effort you put in, it, it makes your effort seem worthless. So uh, I never want people to sort of look at the content and think, oh, like, um, you know, I'm not getting something for this. I absolutely do, but it doesn't anywhere near meet the sort of um, uh, the time that goes into it. It doesn't sort of cover the equipment. It d- literally doesn't cover any of that. In order to do that, you really have to, you have to be a channel of like, I think 100,000 to, to a million to really be able to say, yo, I'm a full-time, you know, content creator, whatever. And so everyone who makes content under the, you know, I'd say 100,000 mark is 100% putting a labor of love into their content. 
Um, but in and amongst all YouTube content, it's so easy to forget that. It's just so easy to forget that because every every video on YouTube is actually done at decent quality nowadays. That's just how competitive it is. So um, you have to assign some sort of personal value um, to it. You have to say, I'm doing this because, and the, the because for me is, you know, partly I get to enjoy this hobby and make um, videos. I get to learn more about video editing, continuing to learn more. I realize I learn more from Tableau. That is priceless because it puts me in a position where I understand the product really well as a consultant. Um, it's helped me actually better serve customers as well because I, um, someone told me that the best way to understand something is to teach someone else, right? So being that advocate essentially in the community is like a, it's a really good position to be in. Um, and so those things are priceless to me, if that makes sense, right? That's the value I assign to that. And so that's sort of the transaction that goes on, right? You come and watch a video, you you gain benefit from me. Um, you're helping me stay sharp in, in sort of the nicest possible way, right? So uh, that's, that's sort of the value exchange. And I think it's important for people to understand that like people don't do it for no reason. And there's always a value exchange going on. It's just not as apparent to you as, as it might seem. I want to say, first of all, you're the easiest guest I've ever had <laughs> because um, people don't realize that hosting is its own thing and you have right. to be very aware about driving the conversation. If right. you know someone is kind of shy or backing out of the way of someone likes to talk and having <laughs> someone on that creates their own videos is very great uh, for the guest in terms of <laughs> I, I just have to set you loose. Like I, I just you know, give you a little nudge and then I've got a good five minute break. I mean, I got up and went for coffee there and no one knew. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you this. Um, the obvious things I would ask would be about new features right. that were unveiled at TC uh, or right, Data right. 21. A lot of exciting new features just dropped. And I'm saying mm -hmm. that as someone for the past year, I've been pretty meh on a lot of the new features. Like I'm yeah, not a big yeah. Einstein uh, analytics yeah. guy. And yeah. I, I know a lot of other people have said the same to me. So honestly, we've been sitting around kind of like, okay, so kind of lackluster. And then they just drop mm -hmm. this like boatload of exciting yeah. new features on us. And I would yeah. be loath not to mention this to you. What are you most excited about? And what is your, your first feature video going to be when you get your hands on this? <laughs> It's tough. So um, the interesting thing about this year's conference is I felt like it was a mix of, of it was a different approach. Um, typically at conference, we tend to see, here's what we're about to do this year. At this conference, it was about 70%. Here's what we've already done. And here's where we're heading rather than here's what we're going to, you know, it was, it was a completely different proposition. And I feel that comes from the, you know, whole Salesforce sort of mentality of, this is Salesforce tend to do the same thing. The Salesforce doesn't typically talk about stuff they're building in beta that often. They tend to talk about, okay, it's about to come out now. Here it is. Uh, enjoy. And there was a brief moment where the beta program kind of got killed because of that sort of friction, if that makes sense. But the community stood up and we got it back, which is great. Um, the thing I'm most interested in is actually this new venture into the Tableau economy. Not that I think it's going to give us this sort of amazing set of features. I, I think in the initial instantiation, it's just going to be um, the accelerators, right? And the accelerators don't excite me. I'm a dashboard builder. I like to build solutions. I hate the idea of a template. Like that, I don't fit in the box. Like, are you kidding me? Um, I, it feels to me like a, a feature that's been very much driven by a particular part of Tableau that struggles to get customers going. And so that's the sort of problem they're solving. 
Am I excited about building some accelerators myself? Um, again, you've got to ask yourself, what's the value proposition? There's no market initially. So if you're just going to go out and put out a bunch of free templates, great. But like, um, that's just tablet public and you can already, you can already do that. Right. So how are those two different? Like what's stopping you going on public and putting up a dashboard that's got a, a package workbook and you just leave it there. Right. With some dummy data, the same thing. Um, so what is really interesting is how they're going to evolve that story. So that's what I'm interested to see. I'm also interested to see, um, the, uh, chart extensions so the, the extensions that are going to allow us to build different charts i think that is actually a net sort of value add to the community because we've all seen posts where you have to just actually paint by numbers essentially to, to kind of get to the final result and i think a lot of people would love to not have to do that that, that you'd just be able to say you know here you go uh, um uh, here's an extension that does that but the reason the economy is the biggest thing for me is because i think it's it's the smartest move Tableau has ever made to um, mobilize its community and partners and the economy in the same direction. You see, everyone, I think, stands to benefit from the Tableau economy in some way or form. Um, because one of the things I've always found difficult is that when you're sharing content in the Tableau community, um, unless it's links to public, it's actually quite hard, right? The, like, what are we sharing? We're typically sharing files, XML, this, XML, that, TDS, this, TDS, that. We're so connected to the file mentality. Whereas I think what the economy hopes to do with the exchange is to open up a platform that creates a canvas for us to decide what we're going to share. So it might be accelerators to start with. It might be chart extensions. I'm hoping it will be star sheets in the future, you know, to make things look a certain way. I'm hoping it will be sort of all these organic small things that are part of Tableau that we just love to share. You got an idea? Great. Uh, where's your public profile? It's on my profile, right? Go and grab it from there. I'm hoping that's what it becomes and it becomes a canvas for us to be creative, right? And just go out and build a bunch of stuff and not worry about where we're keeping all this. Have a home, have a place, that people can also come and find us and you know hire us as they have done with Tableau Public, right? With the hire me button. Um, and so connecting all those dots is a really tough job. Um, it's almost like an app store. And um, we all know how app stores are doing at the moment, but nonetheless, um, you know, I hope they do that right. Um, all the other features I think are important. And I think they're part of a bigger thing that Tableau has to do. It has to keep current customers happy, all right? Um, it also has to serve the existing legacy and Tableau's legacy is quite old in some places and isn't as modern as it would probably like, um, if that makes sense. That's partly Tableau's fault. You know, technologies like Tableau Server don't necessarily work like most sort of modern, um, you know, technology platforms. Um, so Tableau Online is sort of the solution to that, but Tableau Online has its own, you know, problems as well. So there's always this healthy friction, I think, between the community and Tableau. And I think they've got to meet that balance while still innovating. Um, so uh, if I summarize conference, I think I sport it for myself because I've been so involved with features and I've been so in tune to what they do, like talking about these features every year that I didn't see much net new features from my perspective. Right. But that's because I'm so dialed in on what's new that I, I sat there watching the keynotes. I've like, seen that, seen that, seen that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, like <laughs> I was kind of, it was all over the place for me. But for many people, that was all exciting stuff. So I'm probably the worst person in that respect. But I was really happy with the direction they're going. Um, I think they do have to 
start meeting some of the demands, as it were, of some of the existing gripes, the small things just to make the platform an easier place. There's just so much stuff in the ideas forum, low hanging fruit. Just go pick them off one by one. Have a hackathon every week for one of those features and just just put them in. <laughs> you know, we see all this activity with acquisitions and, and all of this stuff to bring new technologies in, but there's already great ideas existing um, out there. Or create the APIs, create the platform, and let us build those things. And I think that's sort of what's happening with the economy. And that's why, that's why I'm excited, because that to me is the other way of doing it, right? If we don't have time to do it ourselves, let's enable you. It, it's a it's a clever way to crowdsource a lot of different topics at the same time. And I think yeah. your comparison to the app store is apt in the sense <laughs> that uh, now you're going to have um, essentially a marketplace for these things. And that's also going to come with its own challenges. So, you know, it's a, it's kind of a meritocracy of what succeeds and what fails. And how do we know what's good in the app store yes. kind of situation? What's yeah. not yeah. right? Like, are there ratings? Yeah. You know, is there amount yeah. of inst- times this has been used? That kind of thing. Yeah. That's, that's a big thing. And also um, with the exchange and, you know, how we're talking about now you're able to import in SVGs and sort of take some of these previously exotic chart types and now make mm-hmm. them native chart types. Um, you know, for one thing, we're putting the flare lidges out of business. Like, sorry, guys, <laughs> you're, you're just done now. Like, CJ Mays, who? Uh, nah, they, <laughs> they they are going to tear things apart. I, I You know, I think Tableau made that point in the, like, TC round down or whatever. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. You, you nah. don't understand. You've just extended the boundary of the stuff that they can now cover because they don't have to talk about, like, you know, honeycomb charts or whatever. Like, they can now go talk about way more things that are more exciting, right? The um, thing I love about it is it's totally changed the game in the sense that it's no longer can you make it? It's a do you know when to use it? And that's going to that's going to totally make yes. the difference because correct. all of a sudden you're going to see all sorts of pinwheel charts and exploding sunburst charts like mm-hmm. everyone's going to do it. And 95% of them are going to be bad because people just saw, oh, I've got a chart. It's like like when you see tree maps, like how many times is the tree map used effectively? Not as many times as you'd hope. Um, So so as these things become much, much, much easier to deploy because you don't Mm -hmm. it's like Jurassic Park, really. That's where I'm going with this. I'm Ian Malcolm right now. I'm explaining, you know, (laughs) you didn't you didn't put in the time to learn how to do this. So you didn't learn like the responsibilities that come with it. All of a sudden, it's just like, boom, I can create an insane chart. And while that certainly had its advantage, I mean, that's the whole point of Tableau, right? Like you didn't have to draw the bar chart. You just clicked on the button. But there's yeah. going to have to be a new understanding that comes with those. And maybe Steve Wexler exactly. is going to have a book on using insane charts. These are when you use these. <laughs> well, I would say, look, if you're if you're thinking about creating anything uh, about Tableau going forward, like whether it's a book or video, whatever, also think about how to turn that into an extension genuinely. Because the, the example you just gave, a book about choosing which chart types, the Flip side of that, what if you created an extension that was aware of all the other chart extensions in the Tableau gallery? And when it saw you using that, would say, hey, I've seen you've dropped a honeycomb chart. Honeycomb charts are best used in this particular use case, right? Like, And you educated people. That's an extension right there, right? And a Tableau going to allow that to happen, uh, number one. That would be the ideal use case. Um, and I'd also like to see Tableau step up to this challenge, right? They give you all this power to build all these chart types educate us in the moment like as we are building these charts look at what i'm doing and you know try and suggest to me a better alternative right <laughs> what you're saying is tableau needs clippy like we, we you know, i'm not yeah. saying clippy that's legally distinct that's property of microsoft he can be william shakespeare <laughs> call him will he holds yeah. a pen and he writes yeah. the visas come on yeah 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 
one of my favorite videos that I've made on my own channel is show me video about how to use show me properly. And that's where I think I just, just take show me and run with it. Like show me is clippy, except for it can do so much more than that. Right. Show me how to use this, right. Show me how to build this, show me how to insert any verb after that related to tableau, right. That show me should just live across the whole entire tableau platform. Um, so hundred percent agree. Um, you know, I, I I don't think any new feature has been added to show me in the whole time that I've used Tableau, which is like eight years, right? It's just sitting there on the top right-hand corner, taking up so much real estate. Come on. <laughs> it's time. We need Clippy. We actually, make yeah. show me one word and yeah. show me needs like a little part, like some googly eyes or something. So, yeah. Some Look, people respond to stuff that acts friendly. Like my right. Alexa is clearly nefarious. Um, but she, she's listening right now. She responds right. when I say things to her and sometimes makes jokes. And that makes right. me feel like she's not going to kill me someday. <laughs> Just saying. Exactly. You're more welcoming of it. And so, yeah, yeah, it's, it will be a really, really kind of nice addition, but, um, yeah, just, just circling back to sort of tablet, they've got so much to build. It's honestly incredible. And I was really amazed how much they opened up the boundaries as well. Right. Like the 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 slack all that stuff just extending the boundaries of the platform was sort of the thing i took away and i was like that is a lot of surface area to cover right and it, it kind of makes you worried because you're like well they're going to be able to serve me in my sort of little niche as well right right um but it's good to see them sort of committing to adding more and more um uh, sort of as they go forward. So, you know, 21.4, um, I think is super exciting. I'm hoping we see something about um, that sort of coming soon. We saw a few things from conference, but I'd love to see the feature set for that. Um, and then 22, I think is going to be a crazy year based on what we saw the keynote, like 22 and 23. I always say this, I'm always, I'm an optimist as it were. <laughs> it's always going to be a big year next year. Um, but I really do think we might get really surprised next year with the with the sort of pace of how much stuff they're rolling out. And next year is coming rapidly. They've announced the next conference is. is either going to be in May or June. They're changing exactly. up the cycle. So Salesforce exactly. is now going to have rather than two stacked back-to-back conferences, which what it was yeah. like back in 19, literally a week apart. Now yep. they're going to be on a six-month delay cycle, so they're always going yep. to be in your face. Uh, yep. So wh whether you like that or not, that, that that's beside the point. <laughs> but uh, the fact is we're changing the Cadence Tableau Conference. It's going to be a summer conference, so we're getting yep. it like really quickly now. So we can expect yep. a lot more stuff coming real soon. Yeah, we've only got two more releases before the next conference. That's that's the, that's the way to, to think of it. Actually, three if you include 21.4. But after 21.4, two more releases until the summer conference, right? So... Um, if at summer conference, they're like, okay, here's what we're working on this year. There's a real risk. You can say, well, we saw that six months ago, right? <laughs> yeah, really? So that's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting uh, sort of setup. But um, I'm excited. You know, I know there's always people who aren't happy with the direction Tableau is going, but I love hearing those people because they are passionate. And when they are passionate, they care. When they care, they're engaged with the product, right? Um, there are many people who have to use software, who don't speak out, who don't say anything. And those people are unfortunately the people you've already lost, right? They're just waiting for the next best thing to come around. As soon as it turns up, they're, they're gone. So I'm hoping Tablet can sort of bottle up this passion, this critique, and really sort of capitalize on the low-hanging fruit. Um, give us a vision for where some of this stuff is going um, and hopefully sort of keep us engaged. Um, the 
the analytics landscape is really hard to understand because it's not just the analytics sort of front end that you use. It's also things like ecosystem, database. There's so much more. And I think for Tableau to be um, a sort of the only thing you think about, they have to cover so much more of that landscape as well. Like they don't have a database. They don't have many tools. You know, prep is starting to feel like it can go up against all tricks in some respects, right? So um, once those products really flesh themselves out as well, then I think it'll be just a mammoth thing to keep in touch with. Sam, it's been really exciting having you on today. And I, your, <laughs> your perspective on so many of these things is so exciting. Um, what are um do you have anything you want to promote or anyone you'd like to shout out before we wrap up today oh, no i i i promotion is i i find it really hard to promote i i i think the thing i would say is um please go and check out all the amazing uh creators on youtube like every single week um youtube's decided that it's figured out that i like tablet content and i keep seeing new people pop up to the community just making videos and what i will say is when i was making videos the hardest thing was getting started right that first thousand subscribers youtube really makes you work hard so if you come across a video on youtube and it's not from someone you know please just hit the subscribe button and help them out because you don't know how much of a difference that makes to their day and it will help their, their content out to more people in the future so no, i'm not going to promote my content Go find other people on YouTube. There, there are literally tons of them. I'm telling you, I'll, I'll maybe make a list of these and put them somewhere, and then you can go check them out. But yeah, no, go find them. They're out there. Amazing, uh, Tim. Thanks for coming on, man. <laughs> Thank you. Data Plus Love is recorded and produced by Zach Bowders. Our music track is We Are Legends by Alex Stoner. Hey, you're still here? Um, you're probably waiting for like the next podcast uh, to kick in, probably something better. Um, thanks for hanging on. Anyway, if you're picking up what we're putting down, uh, consider buying us a cup of coffee on ko-fi.com slash D-A-T-A-P-L-U-S-L-O-V-E. Um, just, you know, drop $3 in our tip bucket. It helps us buy better equipment. It helps us uh, pay for razor blades to keep me from looking like a wolf man. And it keeps uh, Mark's head looking so shiny and beautiful. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll never put anything behind a paywall. And thanks for your patronage. Have a great day. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end. I really appreciate you listening to the Data Plus Love podcast. If you'd like to see more about what we're up to with the show, go to anchor.fm slash data plus love. Just spell it out, not a literal plus sign. Here you'll be able to see our library of episodes as well as interact with them either through polls or comments or leave a voicemail message that I'll put on an episode. You can interact with me personally by joining me on Twitter. I'm at Zach Bowders, not hard to hunt down. And if you like what you're hearing, consider leaving a tip for us or signing up for a small monthly donation at our ko-fi.com slash data plus love. Buying a cup of coffee for the show is just $3, and you can get more if you choose, or sign up to give that $3 or more monthly. Either way, I really appreciate it. Lastly, if you'd like to see more of my public data viz work, check me out on Tableau Public. So go to public.tableau.com and search for Zach Bowders. I'm the only one you won't have trouble finding me. I promise. So thanks again for hanging on to the end of the show. I really appreciate all of your listens. 
And until next time, this has been Zach Bowders for the Data Plus Love Network. <laughs>